Prepare to receive the Lord's tithe and offering, and after we do that, I'm going to jump right into the Word. Uh, I want to encourage you. Um, I came, I was praying this morning about what I could say to just encourage you briefly in this area, because I believe the Word of God is right, and it's good, and if we just do what God tells us to do, and God is faithful to keep His Word and His promises, but how many of you know sometimes we wait uh, for everything to be right um, in our own eyes before we, we will do what God tells us to do sometimes. All the, all the conditions are right. Just like, you know, we're we not going out of, out of our house if it's too cold, if it's raining too much. We're going to stay there. We're going to turn the movie on. Um, we're going to turn on some of y'all uh, hooked on this Netflix thing. I still don't understand that. But um, we wait for the conditions all right, uh, to be perfect before we step out on faith and do what God tells us to do. But uh, Solomon said something in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. He said, whoever watches the wind, in verse 4, will not plant, and whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. And then we go down to verse 6 of the same chapter. He says, so you see it in the morning, and in the evening let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which one will succeed, whether this or that or whether both will be equally well. We, um, no matter what area of obedience God is calling us to, we can't always wait for everything to be comfortable for us uh, to do what God tells us to do, but we can trust in his faithful word that he's one who keeps his promises. Can we say amen? Um, as you know, uh, next week, just I'm going to briefly say this, next week we're receiving our Heart for the House um, offering. Um, that's the one time y'all been through next steps, y'all been at this church, you know, if I'm not anything, I'm a man of my word. Uh, we don't harp on this every week. We do it once a year. Y'all won't hear another giving message till next year. But um, I need y'all to give in this, this offering next week. Just ask God uh, what he'd have you to do. Listen to him and do it. Can we say amen? All right. Get your, your giving device, your envelope, your phone in your hand. I'm going to speak over that. And then we're going to get into uh, the word of God uh, today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this our opportunity to sow and to give. And we thank you that you've given us the opportunity that in our obedience we stand under an open heaven waiting for you to pour out blessings that they're not room enough to take in. Thank you for keeping us in our season and for rebuking the devourer for our sake. And we declare that because we've obeyed you, Lord, that all nations shall call us blessed. You will be honored and glorified in Jesus' name. Let everyone that agree with that say amen. Amen. So last week, the last two weeks, we took a little bit of a detour as I've been praying. Um, we talked about hope two weeks ago. And I shared with you that, that really the enemy wants to steal our hope. And if he can steal our hope, he can steal our expectation. If he can steal our expectation, he can steal our passion. Um, and we talked about different things that come in our life that the enemy will try to use to rob us of the joy and the enthusiasm and the passion that God uh, would desire for us to walk in. How many of you know there's just a difference when you come in contact with somebody who has a passion about something, you can tell. And, and even if you yourself are not excited about it, when they get passionate about it, you go, why am I excited about this too? Because they just radiate um, a belief in what has been put on the inside of them for, the, for them to do. And so the enemy seeks to use uh, distraction, disappointment, disillusionment, discouragement, despair, despondency to steal our passion. Um, Many times, all it takes for some of us is to just be disappointed, and if we get disappointed, we'll lose our passion, we'll lose our fire. But I want to challenge some of you before I get into this message, um, this is just all my heart uh, for you right now, is that you have got to find a match and light the flame that God has put inside of you. Don't let people steal your passion, don't let disappointment steal your enthusiasm, 
keep pursuing everything that God has for you. Because some of us, it, it doesn't take anything but a critic. It doesn't take anything but someone to, to, to tear us down before we lose our passion. And so you've got to understand that sometimes you can't answer every critic. What you've got to do is let God's blessing on your life answer the critics. You know, while they're talking about you, you just stay obedient, you just stay faithful. While they're trying to stab you in the back, stay obedient and stay faithful because they'll get their answer as to why, what you're, do why you're doing what you're doing when God breathes on it and when he blesses on it. you got to live like this. you got to live like even if people don't believe in you, that God's got a word on your life. How many of you, some of us wait for majority opinion to do what God wants us to do? Sometimes we've got to know that we've got a word from God, whether it be he's put something in our heart, he's put something in our spirit. You've got to know that you've got a word from God and, and obey it in the midst of everything, because if you don't, you'll obey what you see. That's what got um, Moses in trouble. That's what got Saul in trouble, is that God had told them what to do. But the people around them, uh, because of what they were saying, people putting expectations on them that God never did, um, they started to listen to the expectations of the voices around them and not listen to what God said. How many of you know who Moses is? And so what happened is, as God said, speak to the rock, Moses gets upset with the people and strikes the rock, and so the people get water and Moses gets banished from the promised land. Doesn't sound fair, but we've got to keep our eyes and our ears on God no matter what's pressing us on every side. Can we say amen? amen. All right, so I just had to get that out there. I wonder, I, God put that on my heart I, that we just have to keep the flame, keep the passion, keep the fire that God has for us. Um, as we wrap up um, this Heart for the House series, um, I want to talk a little bit more about unlocking uh, the treasure principle, unlocking uh, the treasure principle. And Hudson Taylor, a missionary, um, said something very interesting. He said that the less I spent on myself and the more that I gave to others, the fuller of happiness and blessing did my soul become. How many of you know that if you're not careful, the enemy will make you focus on you? And we just be, it's, it's so easy in this world of focus on you. you. You say, you know what, I got me because there are people in your life who maybe should have did, did, done things that they did. You ever had people in your life, even in your family, they, there's things they should have done, but they didn't do them. You know, there's things they should have said, but they didn't say. There's encouragement that they should have given, but they didn't give. You can't be moved by that because that kind of stuff will make you focus inward. It'll make a focus on you. Look, if y'all are not going to do what you're supposed to do, then I'm going to take care of me. And I get where that comes from, but it ends up leading us to a bad place where we, we become so inward focused that we can't see the needs that God has around us that he's created us and called us to meet. How many of you know you've been created to be somebody's answer? You've been created to be somebody's blessing, and you say, well, me, I don't have any, anything in me. I don't have any gifts. I don't have any talents. Don't listen to the voices of the enemy. He created you in some way to be somebody's answer, whether it be that word of encouragement, whether it be that, that push to keep going, whether it be those prayers, whether it be you showing them how much you love them and, and them seeing the, the love of God through you. Um, he has put you here for a reason. But we have to understand that everything that God put inside of us Everything that he's given us, both tangibly, both spiritually, it belongs to him. It doesn't belong to us. Somebody agree with that? It's just, okay, okay. I just say, because I, I know in this world we think that everything that we have is actually ours, but, but was it not for the mercy and the grace of God, we wouldn't have anything. So everything that we have, that job, that job we complain about, it came from God. God gave it to you. Um, that, that woman or that man, God gave them to you. In most cases, um, <laughs> got to have humor, got to have humor. 
Somebody, is he talking about me? I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. Relax. Um, but we have to understand that all good and perfect things come from above. They come from God. So if we have good things in our life, God is the one that gave them to us. Job 41:11 says this, who's given anything? Who's given me anything that I need to pay back? This is God talking to Job. Everything under heaven is mine. This is a spiritual, when I was studying this, a spiritual reality check. Because you, you treat something differently when you realize it doesn't belong to you. Your gift you won't despise when you realize it's not yours. Um, that thing that he put in your hand to use for the expansion of God's work in his kingdom, it's not yours. It's his, and that means that he has entrusted you and I to do what he wants us to do with what he gave us. Can we say amen? amen. Psalm 24, verse 1, in case somebody said, well, you, you just picked one scripture. Okay. The Lord, the earth is whose? And some of what's in it. <laughs> and everything in it is his. The world and all its people belong to him. Now, I, I, I saw this when I was preparing. I said, man, I could park right here because some of us treat people the wrong way because we don't realize they belong to God. Just because that, even that person that's not like you, doesn't act like you, doesn't think like you, doesn't talk like you, doesn't behave like you, they still belong to him. And so we have to understand that we look at everything differently. I look at you differently when I realize you're God's. Come on. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, all its people, all its resources, every single thing belongs to him. I, I sat there and I said, what a dose of humility. For us self-sufficient humans who walk around sometimes as every, everything revolves around us. And you ever, you, ever, you ever, not you, it's not you, but you ever met somebody, you sit next to somebody, that, that they're the center of the universe? You know how it is. You're like, no, I can't look to the side because... <laughs> That's funny every time I say it. <laughs> anyway, it's funny to me. The silver is mine. And the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Everything, everything in this earth belongs to him. And so what does he say to us? He actually speaks through Moses in Deuteronomy 8.18, and he says this. He says, remember the Lord your God. How easy it is for us who love God, who serve God, who name the name of Christ, who say that we're walking with God in critical moments to forget that we can't do anything without him. All it takes is for things to be going well for a certain period of time, and the human nature says, you know what? Man, I'm good. Man, I, I did this. Man I, man, I got it. And so God allows many times just some slight, friendly reminders to us that, you know, don't get it twisted. You're going, things are going good, but they're not going good because of you. They're going good because of me. I breathed on it. I breathed on your gifts. I breathed on your talents. I breathed on your mind. So, you know, whether you're doing good in school or you're excelling in your job or whatever's going on in your life right now, understand that I'm the one. So don't forget me. Remember me. It says he's the one who gives you power to be what? God wants us to be successful. This is not some kind of self-help, some kind of um, feel-good type thing. This is the reality of God's word is that he wants us to be successful. Now, don't miss what that word actually means. Success 
or prosperity, as it's, it's called interchangeably in the word, simply means to make progress. It means that God wants us to move forward. How many of you feel like, man, I get excited. I mean, things are going well. I take these two steps forward, and all of a sudden I feel like the enemy just knocks me back three. We'll be honest and say, man, I, I'm fired up. I'm going to do everything that God wants me to do. And then something comes that you did not expect, and it just knocks you and rocks you. And you're like, why did I even try? Why did I even bother? You been there? You been there where you excited something about something one minute and then un- ask God, why do I even bother the next? You know, you think the enemy tries to think, well, you don't have any faith. It's not that. It's the fact that in your flesh, when you get your eyes off of Jesus, your eyes will stay focused on your test and your trial. And the enemy's goal and all of that is to get you to lose your faith and be disobedient. The power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant that he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Say, God can't lie. God wants me successful. First Corinthians 6.19, building foundation for one thing. One thing in this message is first to realize that God owns everything. And our progress and our success in life depends on our understanding of whether he's in charge or whether we're in charge. That's what I want you to understand something. Because some of us have been in the driver's seat of our own life for years and wonder why stuff doesn't work. But until we say, God, I'm going to move over to the passenger seat. Come on. And I'm going to let you take the wheel. That, you see, all these sayings in our world, Jesus, take the wheel. We say it, but we don't mean it. Well, I'll let you take the wheel, Jesus, as long as you tell me where we're going. Jesus said, it doesn't work like that. You follow me, and I'll take you where you need to go. Most of us in the flesh, be honest, I'm not getting in the car unless I know where we're going. You know, I've learned, you know, sometimes my, my wife will invite me to something, and y'all going to laugh, but I'm going to be transparent with you. I ask her the same question every time. I say, what are they going to have to eat? Because I found... There's certain, you're laughing because of that text I sent you yesterday. Um, if I'm going to go somewhere, I need to understand what the food plan is. Who's that? Y'all laughing at me over there? Some of y'all like that. Y'all, y'all ain't been saved that long. <laughs> but my point is, I want to know as much as I can know about where we're going in order to make a decision. Watch this, make a decision on whether I want to go there. With God, it works totally different. He said, no, you got to get in the car, get in the passenger seat, let me drive, and I'll tell you on the way. It's called faith. But where are we going? Your focus can't be on where we're going. It needs to be on who's in the car with you and who's driving because if you get focused on where we're going, then when I turn here, you won't ask me why we turned here. And you didn't realize that the reason that I had us turn here was because there was an accident up ahead that you wouldn't have seen or known if you were the one driving. How many of you know Jesus knows before we get there? There's some stuff that he, I know this is about stewardship, I'm going to get to it, but, but there's some stuff that God will protect you from that you don't even know happened. He's so good to you that he'll see something ahead and you, you, you were kept safe and covered from something you didn't even know was coming after you. See, that's why the old mothers, they would say in the church, Lord, protect us from danger seen and unseen. 
Meaning that, you know, there's some stuff that I can see along the way and I ask God to protect me. But there's some other stuff that I didn't even know. And God said, no, turn. Got to take a detour because I got to keep you from this. If your eyes see that, it's going to take you the wrong way. If your ears hear that, it's going to take you the wrong way. So for your own good, we're going to go out around this back road. And it seems like the back road is taking longer. But it's taking longer for your own protection. Don't we serve a good God? Don't we serve a God? Here's the thing. Don't we serve a God that knows better than us? Thank God for grace and mercy. We're so smart that we sometimes don't realize he knows better. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? It means you don't do anything with it. It belongs to him. It doesn't belong to you. Different message. You do not belong to yourself. It's my body, I do what I want. It's my money, I do what I want. It's my house, I do what I want. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. Somebody say the blood of Jesus. So you must honor God with your body. So the response, I'm I'm teaching this morning, the response to what God has done for us is always honor. We say, well, I'm going to do this, and, and, and I'll do this, and God should be pleased with that. Not if it doesn't honor him. The response to the blood of Jesus, the response to God's protection, the response to his favor on our life is always honor. We often confuse ownership with management. God owns everything. I'm just his manager. You ever confuse those two? I'll show you what happens when you confuse them. Anybody ever um, finance a car? Okay, good. Now, I don't want you to raise your hand for the second question. You'll find out real quick who owns that car if you let that car go unpaid for two months. (laughs) You'll find... (laughs) Oh, man. You'll find... You're like, man, that's my car. You even telling the tow truck outside, that's my car, and they reminded you, give me the keys. No, it's not. Because you know uh, August and September, when you were supposed to send us that, that <laughs> I just want, so, so they'll come up, just give us the keys. <laughs> you know, they'd be lurking around the corner. I see some people sophisticated try to hide their car. But they'll remind you, if you don't pay that bill, this don't belong to you. <laughs> this belongs to us. But you're the manager of it until you get the title. Giving isn't a luxury of the rich. It's a privilege of the poor. How many of you have ever said this in your mind, said this in your heart? You said, you know what? When God blesses me, I can't wait to give. Be, be, be real. Nobody's going to judge you, but you said in your mind, you know, I just, I know when God does this, then I'm going to do this, but you won't do anything with the $5 you have now. And so God is saying, I, if I can trust you to be obedient here, I can bless you with what you've been believing me for and claiming for. But what I realized, and I, and I got shut down by one of my friends, some people will shout and claim off, they claim blessings they don't qualify for. That name it and claim it, you know? 
Call it and haul it. Blab it and grab it. I declare this is mine, but did you meet God's requirements and the word for that? Watch this. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. <laughs> right? That's what the word says. But you, for some reason, sometimes if people do us so wrong, we don't think that applies to us. We're the ones that accept. No, you got to forgive too, just like anybody else. Giving isn't a luxury of the rich. It's a privilege of the poor. So we, we don't look at our status and say, this is what I'm going to do. We look at God's word. We ask him, God, what do you want us to do? And we obey him. That's what makes us different from the world. Are y'all with me? It's quiet in here now. But the difference between us and the world is that we have something called the spirit on the inside of us that allows us to hear and respond to the direction from God, even if my circumstances don't look like what he's saying. Because what I've learned with circumstances is this. You've got to ask yourself two questions. What am I looking at and what do I see? And they're not the same thing. Because we can be looking at the same circumstance and see something totally different based on who we're listening to. I, I think I sent... Um, a couple this quote this week the voice you believe is the voice you'll follow so you can't listen to everything that comes your way because if you listen long enough you'll follow that watch if somebody tells you long enough you're not good enough if they treat you like you're not good enough long enough you begin to believe that's true quiet in here y'all still here I'm almost finished I promise Sean's laughing he's like I know how much scripture you got but um, I, really, I'm, I'm moving. So 2 Corinthians 8, 1 and 2 says this. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very rich. Y'all reading the scriptures? They are very poor, but they also are also filled with abundant what? Wait, I can be joyful even if my circumstances don't look like what I feel they should be. Why? Because my joy is not dictated by my material possessions. And let me tell you something. Facebook, television, everything will make you believe, especially Black Friday, people beating each other up and running over people for a TV that they can get for the same price on Amazon. But, <laughs> but they'll tell you, that your joy is tied up and being the one to, to get your first hands on that thing that you can't ever get at another, that price again. Don't be convicted if you was out there. Some of y'all know I was there right after Thanksgiving dinner. I was, I was right there. <laughs> but it's not, our joy is not tied up. There's nothing wrong with having stuff as long as the stuff don't have you. And that's our problem in, in the church many times, in the body of Christ, is we can't worship God. We can't have joy and passion in our worship because the stuff we're worried about has us. But when we realize that I can have the thing, but the thing can't have me, then I can walk in peace and I can walk in joy. And I don't have to walk jealous and envious when I see somebody driving something I've been praying for. What do you do when you see your prayers, the prayers you've been praying, and somebody else is wearing them? I want to kick over some sacred cows today because we need to be a people that have joy and we need to be a people that have peace and we will not be able to have it if we're jealous and envious of everybody else. Man, you see, you see that fake picture, uh, that fake joyful family picture on Facebook. You know, like, I wish my family was like that. <laughs> Don't realize they fought before they, got, they had to make the picture. No, you're going to take this picture today and smile. J 
Jealousy, envy, strife will kill your joy. Say what God has for me is for me. If you are able to say that, write it down and believe it somewhere, you won't be jealous of other people. You'll celebrate. Here's what what I thought about this week. As corny as it sounds, I'm always going to celebrate someone in my neighborhood being blessed because that means God is in the neighborhood. And if, it, if, if he's two doors down, that means he's on the way. So you got so you to think like that, man. He, all right, I've been praying, and, and, and I can't get mad if, if three doors down they're getting blessed because he's driving around the neighborhood, and I know I've been praying and seeking him. So whatever he has for me is on the way. Say it's on the way. They're being tested by many troubles, and they're very poor, but they're also filled with abundant joy. Watch this. Which has overflowed to rich stinginess. But they just said they're very what? But it overflowed into rich what? Say, I don't have an excuse. Say, with God's help. I'll start where I can. See, that's how you, you got to live. See, some of us will never do anything unless we start somewhere. Someone had to push you to start to go after that degree. Someone had to push you to start to put in that application for the job. Someone had to push you to start to take a step of faith to do this. You know, you didn't do it. Somebody said, well, I did it all by myself. No, somebody had to encourage you and say, you can do this. You can make it. Even though it doesn't look like what God said, you can keep pursuing and God will do it for you. All right. First Chronicles 29 says this, but who am I and who are my people that we could ever give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you. And we, watch this, this is, y'all, y'all need to take a picture of this. We can give you only what you first gave us. It did not start with me. Started with God. And when I realized that the blessings of God actually started with him and not with me, I won't have a problem being obedient to what the Spirit tells me to do because I realize I'm only giving back to him something that he started. You understand? So when I offer him my resources, when I offer him money, when I offer him my talents and my gifts, when I offer him my service, I'm only giving him what he gave me first. So how does that that apply to honor? Honor is when we properly return back to God what he already gave us. Is teaching us all right for you today? I know it's not hype and and we're not jumping around and everything, but sometimes we need to learn something. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. You know, the generous grace, we talked about grace last week. If you didn't hear that uh, podcast, you need to download it and listen to it. Um, We did extensive thing on grace last week. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, again, started with him, that though he was what? Yet for whose sakes? Say, that's for me. Say, that's for me. So yet for your sakes, he became poor that so that by his poverty, he could make you rich. He became something so that you could become what he created you to be. Now that's a great exchange, man. That's a pretty good deal. Willing to die on the cross for sins he didn't commit. Willing to suffer. Willing to be ridiculed and, and, and betrayed by the people that walk with him. You ever been betrayed by somebody that walked with you? 
people walking with you and for, and for an opportunity, Jesus was betrayed and sold out. But he endured all of that for you and I who sit right here. Next time you think you're not valuable to God, realize that your life was worth the cross of Calvary. Didn't put a dollar amount on your life. He said, you know what? You are so valuable to me that I let them drive nails through my hands. I let them spit on me. I'll bear my own cross and carry the cross because I love you and because you're worth it. Our giving is a reflexive response to the grace of, of, of God at work in our lives. So why do we give? We give as, as a response to what God has already done. Here's the other thing. Giving is an act of worship. So I always think it's funny when we, we stop and interrupt stuff in order to talk about giving when giving is worship just like singing, just like serving, just like anything else is an act of bowing our knee in submission and honor to God and watching him do what he does. Proverbs 21, uh, 13 says, those who shut their ears to the cries of the poor will be ignored in their time of need. I'm so proud of Rachel and Kylie and those uh, who went out yesterday with couple love and, and just loved on um, the least of these. Um, so many times we want to hang around who we perceive as the superstars in this world. And we forget about those who don't have anything. And, and, and I wasn't there. I was here. But Rachel, you tell me if I'm wrong. The people were grateful that they received the things that were given uh, to them yesterday. Provide, yeah, with food and, and clothing that y'all gave to them. Y'all brought clothes here and other, other people. You brought clothes. And, and they went out. And they not only watched this. They not only dropped off clothes. They stayed there with the people who needed them. And they served. There's a blessing on that. There's a blessing on that because you didn't shut your ears to the cries of the poor. Can we say amen? Isaiah the prophet says this. He says, now this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly in prison. Watch this. This is the ministry of the church. Free those who are wrongly in prison. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those in need. Sound familiar? Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. Let me keep, let me keep going. Some of us will see the right thing to do. There are some folk who will see the right thing to do in their lives and still completely ignore it and wonder why God doesn't bless them. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm just telling you, not you, not you, but there are people. You ever been around? They know right. They know what's right to do and, and still won't do it. I don't want anybody to shout. I got a family member like that. <laughs> but here's what he says. Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. How many of you need some stuff healed? God gave us the prescription, and we miss it. He said, your stuff, your wounds, your issues will quickly heal if you, watch this, if you prioritize what I prioritize. 
they went out there yesterday and they prioritized what God prioritized. See, how many of you know that just because it's important to you doesn't mean it's important to God? Some of, sometimes we've got to reassess and say what is really important to the Lord. And when we focus on what's important to him, your wounds will quickly heal. What else? Your godliness will lead you forward. You get direction. And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. There's protection upon prioritizing what God prioritizes. Man, I, I, this, I'm, I'm about to get excited here myself. Y'all don't have to get excited, but I will. When I realize that all these blessings that God just covers us with, if we put what he says first. All the stuff we're striving for, all the stuff we complain about, all the stuff we criticize other people about, God will just do for us if we say, you know what, man. How many of you need some sweatless victory? Be honest. Every, you, you, you go through life and it seems like, every, does everything have to be hard all the time? When I read the scripture, I cannot reconcile in my mind that everything has to be difficult. Some things have to be hard. Some, some things and tests and trials that we go through, but we serve a God that says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take uh, my yoke upon you. My burden is what? Easy. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. So either God is wrong or I'm wrong. Y'all still with me? Let's finish. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. <laughs> Answered prayer? All because we prioritize what God prioritizes. Yes, I'm here. He will quickly reply. You ever pray and be like, God, I need you to move now. There's times where I'm, I'm praying, I'm seeking the face of God, and God, I need you to step in this thing right now. And yes, there's the timing of God, and God's perfect timing, we understand that. But in his word, he says that you can position yourself for quickly answered prayer. There's another place that Isaiah says that before you call, I'll answer. God can be so good to you that before you even get the prayer out of your mouth, it's already answered. Some stuff right now that you're worried about sitting in your seat, you can position yourself to where you're halfway down uh, Memorial Parkway. God has already answered the prayer. You know, you sit there, stuff you're worried about and, and people you've been praying for while you sit there and you put your focus properly on God, you get a call from the hospital saying there's healing. On, come on, you know, can we walk in that kind of faith where we actually just believe God to do what he said? Mm. Our level of answered prayer is often directly related to our level of generosity. Um, generosity, our, our obedience in the area of generosity. Giving jumpstarts our relationship with, with God. It jumpstarts our relationship. What do you mean? Is that tied to our relationship with God? Let me say this. How many of you know John 3.16? Y'all know that verse by heart. Let, let's, let's say it. For God so loved the world that he stopped. God understand that we cannot separate devotion, relationship. We, 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 we try to put them in compartments. We try to live our life in compartments. How many of this, uh, uh, Rachel, I cannot say I love God and I don't love you. I can't say my relationship in God, with God is in, in tune, Rodney, and I don't treat you right, brother. You know, so the thing is, is I, we, we want to compartmentalize our life and say I can treat anybody 
uh, any way they want, but I love God, and, that's, and we wonder why Christ gets a bad name. But whether they were talking about Jesus, whether they were criticizing him, whether they were plotting his death, you know what? He still loved them. He still treated them right. We're going to shut this down. Let me say this. How many of you will be honest and say, I need some freedom in some areas of my life? I just, I, 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 I've been bound. I just need, I need some freedom. I need to feel some freedom. I need to feel some joy. I need to feel some peace. I need to feel some encouragement. I need my flame lit again. This is, this is really, I want to encourage you. Go ahead and stand. We're going to. If you can, if you're physically able to stand, stand. We're going to prepare the worship. And I want you to be, so many times, you know, we say bow your head, close your eyes, so nobody's embarrassed to raise their hand. But, you know, I just feel that there's some of us in here that we need the hand of God to move in our life. We need a miracle. There's nothing, nothing to be shamed about needing a miracle and needing God to intervene in your life. So if that's you, just boldly, quickly put your hand up. Don't worry about, you know, people looking around. Look, it is important because you, when, you're, when you're around family, when you're around family, you got to be able to say, wave your hand and say, you know what? I need, I need God. I need him to breathe in this situation. I need him to breathe in my relationship. I need him to breathe on my job, breathe on my schooling, breathe on my family, breathe on my body. I need God. And we can't be ashamed to say this is the one place of refuge where we got to be able to say, God, I need you. I, I need you. And so that's why we have the word of God that tells us that he can take somebody like Abraham, whose body is as good as dead and promise him a son and give it to him. And because he gives him that son, all of us have a heritage of faith. That's why we can look at uh, people who met Jesus blind and he spoke to them and healed them. We met Jesus, people, Jesus met people who were paralyzed and couldn't walk. But by the time they got outside of his presence, they were able to walk again. Uh, why are you saying all of this? I just want to build your faith because the, the worst thing to do is to be inside the church and not know God. It's, it's, it's one thing to be outside and not know God, but to come in every Sunday and to be in church and to not have an encounter with God and know who God is and know what God can do so we can walk by faith when the enemy lies to us outside. How many of the enemy lies to you? You know, you go on your job and he's lying to you, telling you you're not good enough. You go in your school, he's telling you you don't measure up. You go here and, and people are saying this and that to you. You need to know God for yourself. I, I, I don't know why I'm so passionate about this this morning. But I refuse for us to come and open these doors every Sunday and we don't even know who God is. We don't even know what he can do. He's the God who can, can split the Red Sea so millions of Israelites can walk through. doesn't make sense to our natural mind, but God can say, you know what? You know what? In order to, to make a miracle happen for you, I'm going to make this water go to this side. I'm going to make this water go to this side so that what other people, watch this, what other people are drowning in, you'll be able to walk through with no problem. So if that's you, and you know you need God to move, you need a miracle from God in your life, I want you to worship sincerely and fervently with this song um, that we're about to do. Um, because God has done it before. 
you know, and if God, if God did it before, how I many you know he can do it again? You know, he's, 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 he's so good. How many would be honest and say, you know what, he's worked for me before? And what the enemy tries to do is it's so, so critically important. I don't... I'm being trying to be, I want to be transparent with y'all because as a pastor, sometimes you just, you feel everything. And what the enemy tries to do in the midst of your hardest times is to make you forget what God did before. And if he brought you out of that thing before, he's no less God now. You say, well, pastor, I'm not fully living right. I messed up stuff. I, I didn't get it all right. I did this. I did all that. Do you really think that any one of your sins or anything that you messed up actually took God by surprise? He made provision for it called the blood of Jesus in the cross. And what he said in 1 John was, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know who I'm helping today. But to confess simply means to agree with God. When I mess up, God, I did it. You know, some of us make excuses, you know, it's okay. You, we may, God, I did it. Because, no, just God, this was wrong. I did it. I wasn't right. I'm guilty. You say, well, I, I don't, I just feel guilty. Guilt have nothing to do with a feeling. When you say to God, here I am, imperfect, struggling, but I need you to intervene in my life. And you say, God, to the best of my ability, I'm going to seek to live for you, and I'm going to seek to be obedient from this day forward. Why? Some of y'all will be blessed before you leave these doors if you just give everything and give your life over to God right now and watch him do it again. Just put your hands like this in a position to receive. So that's an act of faith. Father, you know what you want to do in the lives of your people. Your word says that you're not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should change your mind. If you said it, you will do it. If you spoke it, you'll bring it to pass. So as they stand, prepared to receive, if there's healing that's needed, we declare it in their lives right now from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. If there's been uh, self-worth and value and, and self-esteem that's been stripped from them, Lord, I pray it be restored today. At this very moment, they begin to see themselves not as the world has told them, but as you see them in the mighty name of Jesus. Those who have storms and tornadoes and hurricanes going on in their minds, I speak peace in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, those who are in need of wisdom, Lord, your word says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. Lord, I speak wisdom into their life right now. Every place that the enemies tried to bring division in their families and their homes. Lord, I speak unity. I speak peace. The enemy's strategy is always to divide. Your strategy is always to unite. So I speak unity. Behold how good and pleasant it is for us to dwell together in unity. And for those who are lacking, Lord, I speak full provision as they obey you. I speak full provision into their lives of everything they need, both materially, emotionally, 
spiritually, Lord. You, you are not short. You do not lack. So we speak a divine full supply into their life of everything that they need. Repeat after me. Father, thank you for what you've done. Your word is good. I don't need hype, emotion. I don't need anything but you and your promise. Thank you for your promise. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we thank you so much for being here today. I pray that you've been able to receive uh, from the Lord today. Um, just want to share one thing with you. December uh, 29th, before I forget, we will not be having service here. We're going to give everybody um, that Sunday off. Um, so, but we'll be telling you about a little something special we're going to do on the 22nd of this month um, as well. We'll get more information about that. But I want you to have a great week. Please don't skip and run out the door until I can high-five you, fist bump you. If you don't like to shake hands, some of y'all sanitizer-type people don't like to shake hands. So let me hug you, let me fist bump you, and just let you know I care about you. All right? God bless you, and have a great week.